We are right smack in the middle of eclipse season. We're about halfway between the two eclipses and October has probably been a very intense month for you and everyone around you. It has been for me, for the people in my personal life and for everybody that I've been talking to like in readings and just other places. I just seems like October has been super intense. And so for the purpose of this podcast episode, I thought I would release some sign by sign horoscopes for all of this intensity that's going on astrologically in October. So what this is, this First of all, I'd like to welcome you to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook, and a Yogi Scope is yoga practices for the astrological weather. That's what I do here. I give you usually journal prompts every week and how to theme some of this stuff into your yoga practice, like how to sort sort of more like embody the astrological energies through your yoga practice. And that's what we do here on the Yogi Scopes podcast. We also use the Vedic sidereal sign of, or uh, Vedic sidereal, sidereal system of astrology. And so I say more about that. What this is, is a, it's a recording that I did live on YouTube and Instagram last week. So if you caught that recording or joined me live, I still kind of recommend listening to it again, because probably some more things will sink in. Um, but also when I, as I'm posting it to the podcast, um, maybe you didn't catch it on YouTube or Instagram. And if you want to catch the next ones, search Yogi Scopes, Y-O-G-I-S-C-O-P-E-S on both YouTube and Instagram. Make sure you're subscribed following in the respective places um, because I went live. And this is just that live. I broke it down a little bit. Um, I went through and found the timestamps. I very lightly edited it. So you will still hear some things throughout that are just like me interacting with commenters. Um, you know, maybe me having brain farts and pausing and just a way less, less polished way than you usually might hear on the podcast because it was live. It was off the cuff, but the purpose for doing it is because I wanted you to have really in-depth information for the major transformations that we're all experiencing right now so that you can be most intentional about it. So that's all I wanted to say. I'd ask you to go ahead and listen to the general intro that I did, even though like it's going to cut into that right now. Um, that I did on the live even because I'm going to explain in that part, you know, which signs you need to listen to, um, and just some more general recap about what I'm talking about. Um, so just listen to the general intro for everybody and then listen to your rising and moon signs and check for the timestamps in the description. And then also maybe listen to the, the ending. I, there'll be a little, Um, close out like I closed it out and the ending is like intended for everybody so you might listen to the intro your two signs and the ending and thanks for being here here we go hello there friends I am live on Instagram on my phone which I don't think I've ever done before gone live on the yogi scopes instagram i'm also live on the yogi scopes youtube channel so what i'm doing is i'm going to do live readings for each sign for the eclipse season so let me just say a little bit more about why i'm doing this this is something i've never done before um i i usually put out a sign by sign every week in the membership and it's a written format i used to do them in podcast format I always share the written version of this in the membership. I used to do audio 
version of this in the membership. And folks also told me that having the written version was easier to refer back to. So like when you, like maybe you, you'll hear me say it here, but in the membership, I will still post a written version of this so that when you just want to refer back to it, you can kind of see just in a really quick way, like, oh yeah. And you'll remember the things that I said, but so we're going to go through each sign. I'm going to try to figure out how to share my screen, but the reason I'm doing this this way, I've never gone. I don't think I've ever, ever gone live on Instagram before. And I told y'all on the podcast this week, I'm trying to like Instagram. I just don't like it. Like, I don't know what it's like a culture thing. Like I enjoy Facebook. Um, and I was just telling somebody else about this. Like, I think the, the whole thing with Instagram, the idea that they're like, people call them like accounts. I'm like, they're not accounts. They're people. Like there's a person behind that account. And so it's been like a big block for me where I'm like, I just can't with Instagram, like they're not accounts, they're people. I don't want to connect with accounts. I don't want to have a platform where it's like just all about me. Like I want to connect with people. And that's been a big theme of like this week for me. That's like with the podcast survey I put out. I'm like, I have been, I have had a platform. I've had a podcast for years and I've been just like putting it out and it's just me putting it out. And I want to hear back from y'all. I want to interact more. So that's why I'm like really trying to like Instagram and trying to do this little like mindset reframe about it where it's like, they're not accounts, they're people, even though that's what people call them on Instagram. They're like, oh, I have all these accounts following me. It's like, they're not accounts, they're people. Anyway, so that's the way I feel about that. And it's been a mindset block for me that I'm working through in my personal life. And I ha some of y'all have been connecting with me and like tagging me in your stories and messaging me. And I love that. And I, that's helping me with the like, getting over that mindset block that I have around Instagram. So here we are. I'm live on. Um, and so with that, if you haven't filled out the survey, please do. It's linked in the show notes of the most recent podcast episode. I also sent it out um, um, via email and I'm planning to put the link in the email newsletter I send out again later today after I do this. So the reason I'm doing this is next week on the podcast is this is what I was going to do. Um, was put out a sign by sign for not just the eclipses that we're in, but also where Rahu and K2 are going. So this is going to be pretty juicy, pretty in depth, and it's going to be off the cuff. So we, I didn't prepare for this, what, how it's going to work is so I thought it would be fun. I thought it would be like peeling back the curtain a little bit. Um, how, so that y'all can see also like this is how astrology works. This is what I'm doing when I'm making these sign by signs. This is what I teach people to do in the Astrology for Yogis course um, when I'm teaching them how to be an astrologer, how to be a Vedic astrologer. I'm teaching people to understand, to read the charts in this way. So let's talk about just a quick recap. So I have covered this stuff in depth on the podcast, but it, it might be helpful to hear it again. So we have an eclipse happening tomorrow in Virgo. We're already in the new moon phase for this eclipse that's happening in sidereal Virgo. And um, then we have next two weeks from tomorrow, we have another eclipse happening in sidereal Aries. And so what's happening at this eclipse cycle that I've been taught, there's like, you can go back and listen to it. It's like a couple hours worth of podcast episodes at this point that I've talked about this on. The first of which being the, I released a segment of a membership workshop, the, the fall equinox quarterly planning workshop. Um, 
I released a segment of that on the podcast. It was called like the Q4 goal aligning or something like that. I was in September. It was like right after the fall equinox or right around the fall equinox. I posted that on the podcast. So you can listen to that. I talked in depth about it then because that's the biggest astrological happening um, this fall, basically like the last quarter of 2023 is all about that, all about Rahu and K2 changing signs. And then the um, other place I did a dedicated episode to Rahu moving to Pisces and K2 moving to, to Lib- or, uh, Vir- Virgo. And so there's that. And then I put out an episode this week about the eclipse. So if you want to dive more deeply into all of those topics and hear about the astrology and like where these interpretations come from, you can revisit any or all of those three episodes. But then this episode, just know that it's going to be about interpretations for each sign. So I'm getting ready to launch into... I'll start with Aries and I will move in order through the signs. So just like the Zodiac goes, Aries is the first sign of the Zodiac. Pisces is the last. And so you can listen to just your sign. If you don't know your Vedic sidereal placements, you'll go to yogiscopes.com slash chart. Um, and you can also grab the birth chart decoder that's just linked in my bio on Instagram or yogiscopes.com slash decoder, D-E-C-O-D-E-R. Um, to figure out, but this is, this is what I'm telling you right now. It's like, I'm going to tell you the information that the decoder helps you interpret and figure out, but I'm just going to tell you the interpretation right now. And so what you need to know is your rising or your ascendant and your moon sign. And so when you go to yogiscopes.com slash chart, you'll put in your info. It's not stored there. It just generates your chart. I'm not keeping that information anywhere. You'll get your chart and, um, you'll look for the ascendant and moon sign. And those are the two signs you want to listen to. But if you're trying to learn astrology, like to learn how to do it, um, you'll want to listen. You could just listen to the whole thing because it's going to be illuminating into like how this works. And basically, because this is also part of what I do is I don't just give you the astrology interpretations. I also will tell you how it works and how it works is basically based on your ascendant. And so the moon sign too, because we'll generate what's called a moon chart and read the chart with putting the sign that your moon's in as the ascendant. So then all the houses um, go around from there. The interpretations are coming from what houses these things are happening in for you. So what houses the eclipse are happening in for you and what houses um, Rahu and K2 are leaving and going towards. And I'm going to say that for each sign. So it's going to be a lot. Um, It's going to be, and you can comment as I'm doing this, I I can see the Instagram comments. I will try to check periodically the YouTube comments um, if y'all have questions. Okay. And then I will also try to stick around for some Q&A at the end. So let's go for it. Let's start with Aries. Aries is um, the first sign of the Zodiac. So that's what we're starting. We're going to start with Aries. And so for you, Aries, you have had Rahu on your ascendant and K2 on your seventh house for a year and a half. And so these eclipses are ushering in this change from where for the last year and a half, you might have felt like you were focusing on yourself. Like, like a big time, a big theme of that for Aries is that you're probably, you've probably been focusing on yourself in a way that might be taking you away from the relationship. So Um, That dynamic, maybe I should just say it's like um, for 
you know, maybe you've already stopped listening and scrolled to your sign. But the thing is, for every sign, what Rahu is doing and what K2 is doing, Rahu is drawing your attention there. And K2 is when you focus on something, it's going to take your attention away from the sort of axis or or polar opposite. So self and other, a lot of times, if you end up focusing too much on the relationship, it takes you away from your sort of self-care and yourself, you're focusing on the relationship. And we see this dynamic happening where um, if you're focusing on yourself, it can take away some attention that you have for the relationship. And so that's what's happening for Aries, rising and moons, for the last year and a half is that um, Rahu's been on your ascendant. Jupiter has been there retrograding for the last like month or so. And so it's probably, you might have felt like you're in this big period of focusing on yourself, of like moving um, towards personal growth, this kind of thing, like working through limiting beliefs, that kind of stuff. And that's, and that might have either made you a more spiritually embodied partner in the relationship, or it might have taken you away from the relationship in a way that that could cause the end of a relationship, but it also could cause like um, just a season of you're focusing more on yourself than on the relationship or on being in a relationship. And so that's the major theme for Aries rising and moons for the last year and a half. And where you're headed is it might feel less like you're focusing on yourself in a way that takes you away from the relationship. You're focused after October 30th, like so from November all the way to 2025, your focus might shift towards spiritual practices, going on retreat. You might feel really drawn to like travel and especially spiritual travel. You might um, also like those things could present problems. Like those are the things you're working through. You're like, I need to meditate more. I need to have a spiritual practice. I feel the need to go on spiritual travel. That might be like what you're feeling. And in a way that takes you away from your sort of day-to-day life, like where, you know, when you're just like traveling all the time and you can't, um, like you're, you're just like your laundry and tasks at home are just like piling up. That's kind of a dynamic that might come up for the next year and a half for Aries risings and moons. And so this eclipse this is why I'm, I'm touching on all of this. I'm touching on the 18-month the cycle we're ending to the 18-month cycle we're starting and how these eclipses are ushering it in. So at this eclipse, it's going to be important to consider how your day-to-day life is, how are you taking care of that? How are you embodying that wellness and taking care of your day-to-day stuff? Um, what, like until, you know, while you focus on spirituality. Can, (coughs) excuse me, can you, I have like getting over a little bit of cold, so sorry. Um, Can you do that while you're feeling drawn to taking care of your psyche and doing this like um, deep work or like retreat from the world type practices? Can you stay really grounded and embodied in your um, day-to-day life, in your routine and your wellness practices and try not to just get like upper chakra imbalance. That's, that's might be a challenge for Aries risings and moons for the next year and a half. And then, so at this eclipse, it, that's the intention you want to set is like around your day-to-day life and around like how, you know, maybe something about pets, maybe something about, um, 
uh, let's see, like what else? So debts, if you have debts, if you have like, um, if you run a business, it's especially, but in general, the sixth house, so K2 is moving to your sixth house and the sixth house has a lot to do with like, um, litigation. So challenges like that, you want to make yourself impervious to those things, impervious to going into debt, impervious to lawsuits, which is extra poignant if you run a business. Like you want to make sure you have your um, paperwork in order. Um, and so sixth house also like it's a house of divorce. OK, so that's like a, I'm not saying you're going to get divorced. Please don't like take it that way. I'm just saying that um it, six houses is known as like ending of relationships. So you might be going through a period for the next year and a year and a half, Aries, risings and moons that you're like, uh, a big keyword might be endings and, um, not just of relationships, but in general. So endings, expenses, this kind of thing might be drawing your focus. Um, and so you'll want to make sure, especially setting your intentions around it at this uh, eclipse, this new moon eclipse is happening tomorrow um, on October 14th. You're going to want to set your intentions around um, like, how do you want to step through that? Like, what do you want your daily life to look like? And if things need to end to make that happen, that's, uh, you know, think about it. And then, so at the next eclipse, we'll be in Aries in your first house, which is your rising, you know, it's your rising sign or your moon sign. So that's like you. And so it might also be that you're bringing some personal growth that you maybe have been doing full circle, like bringing that, um, to a sense of close, to a sense of closure, to a sense of like, um, in a way that in November and beyond, you can set intentions around showing up better in relationships and business and partnerships, that kind of thing. Um, have you been doing the personal growth work that so that you can show up better in these things? And so for the last year and a half, it might have been more like outwardly working on yourself, working on your self-expression um, and your identity kind of stuff. And what it's going to shift to is probably still like personal growth type work, but um, more around working on like your spiritual whatever your spiritual growth, your deep psyche type stuff and like retreating from the world. So it might switch from being more outwardly to uh, more internal, but it's still personal growth and it still impacts the relationship. So that's Aries. That's where y'all are heading. Um, and so that's, and we'll move into Taurus now. And so Taurus, Rahu has been on your 12th house. So you'll notice a pattern. Those of you that might be listening to all of them to like learn astrology, it's a really helpful thing to do if you're trying to learn astrology is to just listen and listen to how it plays out and hear the overlap. So for Taurus, this is how it's, we'll see is like I was talking about for Aries, it was the Rahu and K2 have been on your ascendant and they're moving to your 12th house. And then so for Taurus, they've been on the 12th house and you'll see this pattern play out throughout is that as we step through the ascendants, where Rahu and Ketu are going for the previous sign is where they've been for the next sign, if that makes sense. Um, so just for those of you that are trying to learn astrology, that's like a helpful little behind the curtain, like this is how it works kind of thing. But a lot of folks tell me that that's helpful. So that's why I share it. Um, so for Taurus, the focus might have been really on Maybe you've been wanting to travel. You've been wanting to get away from the world. You've been wanting to explore your psyche. Um, that might also cause an increase in expenses 
in a lot of ways um, because travel is expensive. And so how that plays out with Rahu and K2 have been on your 12th house or 12th and 6th house axis. So it's like you might have been drawn towards a spiritual growth and spiritual work and meditation practice and all of these kind of things. And like maybe going on retreats has been like you just really feel like a deep need to do that kind of stuff for the last year and a half. And then what that's taking you away from is more like your daily life and your finances and your wellness practice, like your more like think like wellness routine, like physical health routine. And it might also have been that for the last year and a half, maybe your you lost some element of physical health or felt cut away from some element of your physical health. So that that forced you to turn more internal, to turn more towards spiritual practices and towards your deep psyche, and maybe even towards going on like wellness retreats and these kind of things to address that for Taurus risings and moons. And so where Rahu and Ketu are headed for you for the next year and a half, like after these eclipses is to your 11th and fifth house axes. And so what that dynamic plays out to be is that um, for you might feel really drawn towards networking, like you really need to make some money, especially, and we see this play out. It's like you've had a year and a half of perhaps your expenses increasing. And so then after like starting in November, you're like, I really got to make some dang money. Like I just got to make more money. And so that might be a thought in your mind that might be a, a driving force in your life for the next year and a half. Um, when Rahu moves to your 11th house, you might also be wanting to network and spend time with friends in a big way. And those things are are like good pursuits for you for this next year and a half. And so at this eclipse, so starting with the eclipse tomorrow in Virgo, um, it'll be a good time to set your intention. Like, so when you're thinking about making more money and networking and spending time with friends and these kind of things, those are, those will be good things for you to do for the next year and a half. You just have to be careful if that's taking you away from if you have children, right, or you want children, you might feel less inclined. You might be sort of taken away from that desire or your actual children if you have them um, for the next year and a half, where if you're like, and we know like anything with Rahu and K2, this is something you'll hear me harp on is that like wherever Rahu goes, it's like asking you to focus on that area of your life in such a way that might draw your attention away from wherever K2 is. That's kind of how it plays out. And so if you're focusing on making money and focusing on um, reaching goals and hitting career goals and networking and these kind of things, that's fine, but it might take you away from your kids if you have them. We know that. Like if you're like, I need to make some more money and you need to put your head down and work some more and spend more time shaking hands and kissing babies. I always love to intentionally, but you know, shaking babies and kissing hands, put, like intentionally butcher that phrase because um, it's funny. Anyway, so if you're focusing on doing those kind of things, you know, it might take you away from your family kind of like, um, like your kids, if you have them, like you're having to go to these events and do these kind of things, like however that's showing up for you, or if you don't have kids, how it can also show up. Or even if you do have kids, another way this can show up is, um, fifth house is like big projects, like writing a book. And if you're out here, like, I just need to make some fast money. I need to hit some big goals. Um, it might be harder to work on bigger projects, but also working on bigger projects could be, a thing that's good. Like, like it might be that putting your head down and working on something like a book or some kind of big project like that is going to be beneficial for you. Um, 
to meet those career goals. So that's something to think about. That's how everything is always going with Rahu and K2 is like, you might feel drawn to work on whatever Rahu is doing or wherever Rahu is at, but it might also be good for you to just do some internal focusing on wherever K2 is at. So if that's the case, like at this eclipse, it's a good time to set intentions around maybe are there big projects that you want to show up for for the next year and a half, like starting in November from November through 2025. Are there big projects you want to focus on? Do you want to have a deeper connection with your kids, like a more spiritual connection with your kids? If you have kids, if you want kids, it's K2 transiting the fifth house is not necessarily a good time to have kids, but I'm not saying it can't happen. Um, it's just not the most favorable, I suppose, for that if you're trying to have kids. Um, but so for the next year and a half for Taurus rising and moon signs, it will be a good time to think about that. Think about the interplay of your career goals and networking and um, how that interplays with doing bigger projects and, and or your children and how those things are, how that dynamic is playing out and where you're putting your focus and where maybe you should put more of your focus and, and what's, you know, so that you can be more intentional and rather than just pushed around by what Rahu and K2 are doing. And so at this new moon, we're thinking about the kids and creative projects. That's where you want to set your intentions around for this new moon for Taurus rising in moon signs is like, what big projects do you want to set into motion and put some like spiritual energy into, or maybe it's your children over the next year and a half, a spiritual sort of relationship there. And so that that can carry you closer to your career goals um, and making money and networking and having friends and colleagues and things. And so then what we're wrapping up for you, Taurus rising the moons at the next um, eclipse, the one at the end of the month in Aries on your 12th house is you might be sort of, it's a full moon eclipse. So you might, I haven't put out a specific episode about that yet, but I will um, for you. It'll be all about sort of wrapping up. It might be like ending, like endings in a bigger way than it will be for other people because it's already the full moon is the end of a cycle. The, um, this full moon eclipse in Aries is the end of not just a lunar cycle, like any full moon would be, but the end of this 18 month Rahu and K2 cycle, but also it's happening in your 12th house, which is a house of endings of expenditures of, um, also this sort of deep psyche work that you might be doing like meditation practice. So, Hopefully by then, by the end of this month, you're feeling like you're, you're, you might, hopefully you're feeling good there. Like you're wrapping up some of maybe some deep spiritual work you've been doing over the last year and a half. Um, and maybe use that full moon as a time to be intentional about wrapping up um, some, some deep psyche work you've been doing. And so that you can move into focusing on being more outward and, um, meeting, like reaching career goals, making more money because you might've been experiencing higher expenses for the last year and a half. So that's it for Taurus rising in the moons. And now let's talk about Gemini rising and moon signs. So you might have been Gemini rising the moons, focusing in a big way on earnings from career, making some dang money, putting yourself out there, hitting career goals. You might have, that might have been a big driving force for you for the past year and a half where you're like, I have got to make some money, make some connections. I want to spend time with friends. I want to put myself out there. That kind of thing might have been a big focus for you. And in a way, so with anything with Rahu, it's like 
it's a lot of times when I say something's been a focus for you, it's probably because you're experiencing issues with it, where you're like, um, it's focused for you because there's like issues going on there and it's requiring your attention. Um, and so maybe that's the case. And then that puts K2 has been in your fifth house. So it might Gemini's, you might have been experiencing for the past year and a half where you're like, just feeling like you've got to make some more money. You've got to work more. You've got to be networking in the community. And that in a way that takes you away from your children or away from bigger projects that you want to work on. So when I say big projects, I mean things like writing a book or it could also be, I'm actually thinking of a specific um, Gemini moon that I know that, um, that for this person, they have been having to just like figure out all the ways they can make more connections in a way that's going to help them make more money. And this person has a goal of like opening a store. And so that's a fifth house kind of thing, like opening a store when you usually do um, uh, like a construction work. Um, and those of you that know are going to know who I'm talking about, but uh, somebody that I talk about a lot. Um, so instead of being on the job doing construction type work, that's like a third house type thing. Um, doing like jobs, but then opening a retail store related to that would be more of a fifth house thing. So for you, Gemini moons and ascendants, the last year and a half might have felt like you're just like, I just have to make more money. It's requiring all of my attention right now and networking in a way that like helps you make more money in a way that's taking away. You just don't have the time or bandwidth to think about those bigger goals or to spend more time with your kids. And the good news is that's coming to an end. Um, it, it, maybe that's not good news, maybe, but I think it's like, what will happen is it'll feel less like a hustle. It'll feel less like you're just having to hustle to make ends meet in a way that's taking you away from focusing on some of those bigger projects, um, or in a way that is taking away from your kids. If you have them taking attention away from kids, if you have them or want them. And so where Rahu and K2 are moving for our Gemini moons and ascendants is, um, to your 10th house and fourth house. And so that's like with any of this, these things, the houses are so the way they're set up is they're like related and it makes so much sense. Um, the way they're moving is like, so now your focus is going to be less on networking and making money and away from your kids, but it's going to shift to 10th and fourth, which is like career 10th house is career fourth house is home. So it's like, you still might in some ways feel like you, you are still having to focus on your career in a big way, in a way that takes you away from your home life and away from, um, your peace in some ways. Sometimes when you're focusing on your career, you have to like get out of your comfort zone. And fourth house is very much about like the comfort zone, um, of not just your physical home. Like hopefully your physical home is a comfort zone for you. If not, maybe, this next year and a half would be a good time to think about, even if your attention doesn't feel drawn there, it'll be extra important to for Gemini Rising the Moons to put some focus on making amping up your comfort zone. Like that's going to be the spiritual connection that you need. And whatever that comfort zone means, if it's your literal actual house, if it's your relationship with your mom or mother figures, people that bring you comfort, um, or also like your house, uh, mom or mother figures, or also like just your inner sense of comfort. Like what is your inner peace like? Do you have that inner sense of home um, for Gemini rising the moons? It's going to be important. That is going to amp up what it, your career is requiring of you. And so it might also be that 
during this next year and a half for Gemini risings and moons that your, your mom's going through something it like, or, um, she, like she might have some kind of like health issues, um, or you might just have less time to spend with your mom. So, um, be on the lookout for that. If that's like, you know, if you love your mom and want to spend time with her, if your mom is problematic, then maybe, you know, it's a good thing that you have that the planetary energies are like taking you away from your mom. So just be on the lookout for that for Gemini risings and moons. Um, and for the next year and a half after October, you might feel less focused on making money and networking and more focused on um, like career in a sense that it's like yourself, your status, right? And um, at these eclipses, what's going to be important to like help you step through, which is what I'm doing here for those of you that might have tuned in late or something to the live is the eclipses are um, going to be how you intentionally step through this cycle. And the first eclipse being for you, Gemini's will be in your, uh, sorry, fourth house. So this eclipse happening tomorrow is a good time to think about, um, your, your inner sense of peace. Your, how can you set up that inner sense of comfort, your comfort zone, whether that's, you know, what is, what do you come back to, to find that inner peace, to find that embodied, like comfort that helps you, that is your springboard to show up in your career in the way that you need to, in your job, in your work, in your daily work life, and also in your sort of like status as like, think of like your public reputation in your career kind of thing, like your professional life, your professional status, that kind of thing is 10th house. Um, and it's important. We know these things impact each other. Like you are going to be having to focus on your reputation and your career for the next year and a half. And the way that if you're experiencing challenges there, the way around that is by focusing on that inner sense of comfort, whether that's your home or your whatever. And this, the things I mentioned, and this eclipse happening tomorrow in Virgo is going to be your in time to set your intentions around how you're going to stay connected to that for the next year and a half. And then the one in, um, at the end of the month on, I think it's October 28th or 29th, is that last weekend of the month in Aries, it's a full moon in Aries. Um, it will be on your 11th house. So we might see some resolving, some resolution. We want to bring things full circle related to networking, related to, um, um, sorry, what's it called? Uh, mental blank. Earnings, like related to Sorry, y'all, this is how I am. Like, I'm just like ADD, mom brain. I don't know. I just have brain farts a lot and say, um, so yeah. So the next year and a half will be, uh, related to those things for you, Re like related to shifting away from networking and earning to more to your personal reputation and how you show up in your career, your professional reputation. And what's going to support that is your home life and your inner sense of peace and comfort. So at this eclipse, Set your intentions for how you're going to keep that unlocked for the next year and a half. And at the next eclipse for Gemini risings and moons, you want to set your intentions for how you're going to, um, what's it called? How you're going to like wrap up anything that you've had going on around earnings, finances, um, maybe big projects. You might want to set intentions around if your focus has been taken away from big projects, how are you going to like reincorporate that? Okay, so that was Gemini, and next we're moving to Cancer, Risings and Moons. And so for our Cancer, Risings and Moons, 
Um, this last year and a half has probably been a big focus on that career and home life. Like I was just talking about where Gemini moons are and risings are headed for you. The next year and a half, um, is going to be headed in a different direction. So we'll talk about that in a second, but where you might have been feeling is that your career is requiring a lot of your attention. Your professional life is requiring a lot of your attention. Attention. Does this sound, Jess, let me know if this sounds like if it's resonating or if you have questions. Yep. Um, I, I'm, this is, a, this is for you. And our, there's a bunch of other cancer rising. I, for some reason, I've been hearing a lot from cancer risings for the last year and a half. And I think this is why, because, um, because you've had rock, like anybody, when you have the nodes, or, you know, any of these big karmic planets, Rahu, K, K2, Jupiter, Saturn on your Kendra houses, which are uh, the first, fourth, seventh, and 10th. It tends to be a time that we need a little extra support from things like astrology because it's like big times for you. And so for you, Cancer Ascendance, it's been the focus has been on career. The focus has been on that career balance, like your career might have been requiring so much more of your attention in a way that pulls you away from your home life. It might also make you feel like you want to move, make you feel like you want, you know, it's just like kind of also like I was saying for Gemini is like pulling you away from your inner comfort a little bit, like requiring you to get out of your comfort zone to grow. That kind of thing is, has been the dynamic for the last year and a half for our cancer risings and moons um, with Rahu and now Jupiter retrograde on the 10th house. Um, and so after this, like when Rahu moves on and then especially after the new year, when Jupiter goes direct, it, um, it will get a lot better. Like these, this work you have been putting in will, not be for not right like it's um it's all for something and it's like it will get easier starting like career wise with that career and home dynamic um and actually i know another cancer rising who was telling me that they were thinking about um taking a new career role that would require traveling for work so that's a good example of an expression of this energy take your career requiring this focus of you in a way that takes you away from your home. That's a good ex example of an expression of Rahu on the 10th house and K2 on the fourth um, that takes you away from your home, either for traveling for work or for moving, or it just makes you want to move away from your home, like your house where you live. And then also pushes you out of your comfort zone in a way that's requiring you to grow. Um, and so, yeah, so that's been the dynamic that's going on. And where it's headed for you, Cancer Risings and Moons, is Rahu's moving to your ninth house, K2's moving to the third. And so the ninth house is all about, so, so your father, um, father figures, spiritual teachers, spiritual teachings, and then also travel. So you might for the next year and a half feel like that you want to, you want to travel, you want to go on spiritual travel. Uh, hey, Irene. Um, so we're doing sign by sign horoscopes for each sign for the eclipses and for where Rahu and K2 are moving. This is my first time going live on Instagram. I know you would be proud of me, Irene. Irene, so here I am. Um, and so uh, so for Cancer, Rising the Moons, uh, Rahu's moving to your ninth house, which might make you want to go on spiritual travel. It might make you want to, um, like, there might be something with your dad. It could be good. It could be bad. I don't want to give, like, too much without, like, it's going to depend on the rest of your chart, basically how it's going to play out, but there might be some focus around your dad or father figures or working on daddy issues, perhaps. 
Um, this kind of thing could come up when Rahu transits your ninth house and also seeking out spiritual teachings, spiritual teachers. You might feel like you want to go back to school for some higher education, maybe especially um, spiritual higher education might be the focus for Cancer Risings and Moons for the next year and a half um, in a way that takes you away from, so third house where K2 is going is your self-expression, your um, like hobbies. So we know like this is a good example of how this energy plays out. When you go to school, when you go to higher education, it's super hard to have hobbies. Like you hard. Like it's hard to have hobbies and be a student at the same time, because usually being a student of either, you know, spiritual higher education or like actual, you know, college or whatever is hard to balance that. It's hard to have hobbies. It's hard to like have a social media presence. So that's where it's going is like, you might feel less inclined or how like you have less energy to focus on things like being on social media, having hobbies, things that make you feel expressed as a person. So like I've been saying for everybody, um, whatever Rahu's doing though, like if you're experiencing issues with it, leaning into wherever K2 is at is going to be like the remedy. So it's like, for example, if you're working through, um, some like spiritual stuff, if you're like going on this spiritual journey and you're going to spiritual higher education, you're going on spiritual or travel, like retreats, if you feel drawn to that kind of stuff, um, having like a journaling practice, or maybe you're even in a public way blogging or posting on social media about what you're going through, that can be incredibly healing um, for what Rahu is asking of you for the next year and a half. And so I hope that makes sense. Jess, if you have questions as um, my favorite cancer rising and moon, rising, um, rising or moon, I guess I should say. So um, if you have questions or if that feels like it's resonating, I'd love to know. If you're still here in the comments. Um, and then, yeah, so that's, so for the eclipse, like how are you going to step through this portal from shifting where your focus is going to shift from your career in a way that might take you away from your home life. And then after this eclipse season, your focus might be more on higher education, on your dad, perhaps in good or bad, good and or bad ways. Um, you know, it could be healing. It could be like, so a lot of times this is the thing with healing is that most times healing is messy, right? Like healing is not pretty and easy. That's like a big soapbox of mine. It's like, if you really want to heal something, you got to get in there and like do the messy work. And so it might be that around your dad or spiritual stuff, um, for cancer risings and moons. And, um, so at this eclipse season, this first one, is in Virgo, which is in, um, hanging on for the ride. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're, uh, uh, so we'll get there in a minute with the K2 in the first house. I feel like that's K2 in a first, in the first house is a very like spiritually embodied placement, like where you're just like, feel very K2 in the first house is people who are like naturally spiritual people who are like inclined, um, like they're pretty solid in themselves usually. Um, like, and so Jess is that. So that's why I bring that up. Um, and, and so this is why a good example of why I can give these as general as possible. Um, but the particulars are always going to depend on your individual chart, obviously, because a lot of stuff can change based on other things you have going on, like maybe placements you have there. Um, 
yeah, we'll get, we'll get to Virgo in a second, Irene. I'm almost there. Um, and this is a big, yeah. So Virgo, we've actually talked about this. Virgo is going to be, K2 is going to be moving to your first house. It's a Rahu and K2 return. Yeah. That's a big deal. Um, for, you know, um, yeah, we've talked about that, I think. Yeah. So, so Rahu and K2 return is an even bigger deal, but they're always a big deal. Rahu and K2. Um, and so for cancer rising in the moons, the, um, first eclipse being in Virgo is going to be a good time to set your intentions for how you're going to stay in tap in touch for the next year and a half, um, with what makes you feel expressed as a person, because, and Jess, I know this is true for you. The next year and a half might take you away from things that make you feel expressed as a person. And it's going to be important, like for your spiritual journey, I guess, to make sure that you have some kind of uh, regular practice for that, um, for things like journaling, things like blogging or social media, whatever, or your hobbies. Like, how are you going to stay in touch with that when things get tough? Uh, that's going to be important for Cancer Rising the Moons. And um, then at the next eclipse, at the end of October, it's like things will be coming full circle career-wise, probably, hopefully um, bringing some things full circle with what you've been working on and focusing on for the last um, year and a half career-wise. Um, harvest season, if you will, for the career. And so, yeah. And so things like kind of might start to lighten up career-wise um, the, the energy will ease around probably work-life balance tension for cancers after this eclipse season is over and where it will shift is more towards spiritual practices and, and hopefully making sure that you're staying in touch with things that make you feel expressed as a person, staying in touch with um, your self-expression. Because we also know that like with the college example I gave, excuse me, if you want to, like if you might feel drawn to go back to college and that could be a good thing for you to set into motion in the next year and a half. It might be challenging, but it would be worth it. If you did go to some kind of higher education. Um, we know that that in college and stuff, even though it's hard and it makes you not want to spend time on your hobbies, like you're going to have better mental health for time on your hobbies and things that make you feel expressed as a person. So that's the move for cancer risings and moons for the next year and a half. Yeah. So Jess, uh, cancer rising and moon says, I can see how things will get better with work-life balance as long as I take that that time for things that fuel me. Exactly. That's like, in a sentence, what this eclipse season is about um, for Cancer Rising the Moons. And hopefully you're setting your intentions around this, the new moon, to um, make sure you take that time. And for the next full moon, um, maybe even like kind of release some stuff around career and release some pursuits or, or hopefully they're kind of coming to fruition in a beautiful way and coming full circle um, at the next one so that you can shift your focus to higher learning and spiritual growth for the next year and a half is what the moon is going to be. And so for our Leo rising the moons, Rahu and K2 for Leo rising and moons have been on, if you're noticing a pattern, if you're here listening to all of them, it's like where they've been, where I said they're going for the previous sign you're trying to learn astrology, this is important to pay attention to where I said they're going for the previous sign is where they've been for the next sign as I'm stepping through this, because that's just how it works. That's how they move. Um, and so uh, they've been on the ninth house. So for our Leo risings and moons, it might have felt like a time of working through um, some stuff related to the dad, to the father or father figures, um, or, or also feeling like drawn to your dad, but also maybe feeling um, challenges there 
working through some challenges there um, and, and drawn away from hobbies and uh, self-expression might have been challenging. So third house is also throat chakra. So if, you're, if our cancers are still listening, throat chakra, it's like your voice and your self-expression. You might have felt less and you might feel less connected to your voice for those of cancer risings and moons where K2 is moving there. Um, and so the, the work for Leo's for the past year and a half and cancers for the next is around, um, you know, doing that spiritual work. If there's like daddy issues to be worked on doing that work, um, and for, uh, and making sure you sort of stay connected to that voice, to that throat chakra, to that, what makes you feel expressed. Um, and so then for our Leos, where that's headed, where Rahu and K2 are headed, our two-year second house and eighth house, K2 to the second, Rahu to the um, eighth. And so for that, for Leos, for the next year and a half, you might feel like you're doing some deep, deep emotional work is what the move might be. Eighth house. Eighth house is uh, very connected to, it's a very similar vibe to like the death card in tarot, if you're familiar with that. And the death card in tarot doesn't actually mean like death, like dying. It's more like a personal um, death and rebirth. For Leos, death card, Rahu's moving to your eighth house, which is very like death card in tarot. And death card in tarot and the eighth house are like this personal transformation that comes from death and rebirth, like letting parts of you die, letting deep emotional turmoil die. And so that you can be reborn so that you can compost those emotional struggles into the, the, the nutrient dense soil that fuels your new growth, basically like that's the move. And so that's what Leo's Leo rising the moons. Um, if you're working with that in an intentional way, it's like, you're going to have to let some stuff in. You're going to have to let yourself feel the tough emotions and you're going to have to think, how can this fuel me to be better? How can my struggles be the nutrient dense soil for my new growth, basically? Um, and so that might mean that for the next year and a half for you, Leo rising the moons, that you're experiencing some deep emotional stuff come up and your options are either to not work with that and struggle with it or to do the work that it requires of you to, um, grow from that, you know, those are the options. And so it's like going to be deep emotions. It's going to be like, um, like hidden psyche type, type stuff, like working through that excellent time for therapy. Um, is it, you know, therapy is a perfect tool or having some sort of therapeutic practice to keep you working through those emotions and not letting them like control your life. Because this is the thing with emotions. Y'all know, if you know me, you know, that like my biggest, I like message, I guess, is that emotional awareness and body awareness are the two keys to healing. It's like all you need is just emotional awareness and body awareness. But the thing with emotional awareness is we're not being aware of our emotions so that we can just like be ruled by them. It's so that we can recognize that feelings aren't facts. Thoughts aren't facts. Our brain says a bunch of BS to us all the time. And instead of just ignoring it, what we want to do is become aware for, aware of it and figure out how it might be driving our behavior. Um, and, uh, so that we can do better and still show up and do the, build the life that we want to build anyway. 
And so for Leos, while you're facing challenges related to your emotional turmoil or stuff, deep psyche stuff, what that might be um, taking you away from is things like your diet, your family of origin. Um, So if there's like emotional eating going on, like that could be a thing. Um, Or, um, or maybe you're doing some like lineage healing type work. This eclipse season might be kicking off, especially with the Venus retrograde we had that I've been talking about. Um, For Leos, this might be kind of kicking that off in a big way, in a way that could what, what always happens with K2 is it like, it can either take you away from that thing, like your family of origin, or it can incredibly spiritualize your connection to that thing. So it's like when you do lineage healing work or deep emotional work, like this is inner child work. Like how did your family of origin impact your psyche? That's inner child work. And that doesn't have to cut you off from your family. It could, if your family's like super toxic or it could bring you to this place where you're like, I recognize they were doing the best they could with what they have. And this is what I ended up with. And I still love them. And you have a more now deep spiritual connection because you've maybe worked through some resentments or that kind of stuff. And so that's what's going on for Leo. And so it might also cut you away from, from finances, um, that kind of thing. If you're, so this is the thing with anything with Rahu and K2, it's like, if you do that emotional work, it's not going to mess you up where K2 is at. Um, like you might experience challenges, but if you do the work, you'll be okay is what I'm always trying to communicate. Like if you're here paying attention to astrology, I think it's because you're trying to be intentional about doing the work, like probably. Right. And so, um, yeah, so that's where Rahu and K2 are going for the next year and a half. So for this eclipse in Virgo is happening on your second house, you'll want to set your intentions around, um, Like, how do you want to show up with your diet? Do you want to have a certain, um, like mindful eating could be a really good practice for the next year and a half. So not like having a strict diet, but just paying attention to how your food affects you and how you're digesting it. Um, and paying attention to your speech and how you talk to people, um, and how that might it like be on the lookout for saying things coming out sideways because you have some emotional stuff coming up that you're not perhaps working through. So being on the lookout for that for the next year and a half, having a plan start like this eclipse is a good time to set your intentions for like, what's your plan of how you're going to deal with those things. And also around your family of origin, around your childhood stuff, um, consider that and maybe how some perhaps your self-talk is coming from your family of origin, if that makes sense. And, and how at this eclipse, Um, How are your standards for yourself? These kind of things influenced by your family of origin and how, what are you going to do about that for the next year and a half when you maybe start working through some of this stuff when it starts coming up. And then, so for the next full moon eclipse happening in Aries, so that's happening in your ninth house. Maybe you bring some sort of higher education stuff, full circle. You might be like thinking about how you're going to finish up um, some sort of higher education, some sort of learning or growth thing. You might feel less drawn towards your dad or working on daddy issues kind of thing in a way that it's just like, that's just not your focus anymore. Like you might still be doing it. You might be still working through some of that stuff, but the energy is going to shift to focusing on your personal growth and stuff, um, and your deep emotional turmoil. And so that's, that's it for Leo's. We're going to move to Virgos now. And 
So for Virgo rising in moons, just like I've been saying for every sign is like, whatever I was saying is coming up for the next sign is what you've been working with basically. Right. So for you, perhaps Virgos, there has been some work around deep emotional healing around like digging around in your psyche and like figuring out how your emotions are driving your behavior. And, um, that might be taking you away from your finances, your diet, your family of origin, those kind of things. Like that might have been what you've been working with for the past little while. And so, um, basically how that like, you know, is, playing out is that maybe you've had a lot of emotional struggles and you've had to sort of work through that for the past year and a half. And so where the focus is going for the next year and a half for our Virgo risings and moons will be on relationship and perhaps also business partnership. Um, and in a way that takes you away from yourself, your self-expression, like, um, and so with that, like I, I mentioned a few moments ago, um, when I think I was talking about cancers because we had a cancer, rising here who has K2 in the first house. Um, and so that, that dynamic K2 in the first house and Rahu in the ninth, like in your chart or in transit. So with, for you Virgos, it's happening in transit. It might also be in your chart. I don't know. Um, is that the relationship or, and or business partnership is going to require a lot of your focus in a way that it might, it's always with Rahu. It's like there, it might be requiring your focus because you're experiencing challenges there. Um, but it doesn't have to be bad but in a way that just makes it so like, it's not about you. This is actually, um, my husband has had, he's a Libra ascendant. And so he's had K2 on his ascendant for the last year. And something I hear him say frequently is it's not about me anymore. When he's referring to like how parenting and stuff is requiring him to show up is like, it's not about me anymore. And so that's like, um, it might not be around parenting. It's just like your relationship and or business partnership might be requiring you to show up in a way that Hopefully, like I've been saying, anything, if you're experiencing challenges with what Rahu's doing, and so for our Virgos, it's Rahu's moving to your seventh house um, where your partner and or business partners might be requiring more of your attention or presenting challenges in a way that just takes you away from focusing on yourself. So if you're experiencing those challenges, it's going to be extra important to make sure that you're solid in yourself and you feel spiritually connected to your sense of self, that's what's going to carry you through having to show up for that in that way for your partner or for your business partners or that kind of thing. Any kind of like contractual relationships is seventh house. So if you think about it, actually like a marriage is very similar to a business partnership. It's a contractual relationship. And so it could be either or, or both. Um, but for the next year and a half, like your focus is going to be on, um, partnership. And, and it might be that it requires more of you. If your partner requires more support from you, just know that that's to be expected and it will pass, I guess. It's like, that's the thing that I see is people are like, you know, we know relationships aren't 50, 50. If you want to make them last in the long term, sometimes one person's going to have to give more of themselves to hopefully the, between the two of you, it equals 100. And so for the next year and a half, it's like your partner is, or partner's probably going to require more of you. And that's going to require you to be super solid in yourself um, so that you don't get taken away from yourself. Um, and so that's kind of the, the remedy. And so for this eclipse, for Virgos, this eclipse happening tomorrow, it's going to be important to set your intentions around 
how are you going to stay solid in yourself? How are you going to maintain that embodied spiritual connection to your sense of self, to your identity, so that you can show up for the relationship in the way that it's requiring of you if you're hoping to keep that relationship going for the long term? It might also, I saw this happen with this, um, is that if, if the relationship needs to end, if you're experiencing challenges where you're like, this relationship is demanding more of me than I have to give and the relationship needs to end, that might be a thing too. You just have to make sure that you stay solid in yourself. And if you're hoping to make relationship last for the long term, you have to set your intentions at this eclipse to how you're going to stay solid in yourself um, to then so that you can show up for the relationship or business partnership in a way that like you're not at the forefront, you're probably playing more of a supporting role for this next year and a half. And if this is the thing with astrology, like if you know that's to be ex expected, you might be a little less resentful about it. Like, you know what I mean? Where you're just like, I need to, it's not about me right now. I have to show up for these people that need me. Right. So that's going to be the move. And so that's like, you want to set your intentions at the, the eclipse tomorrow in Virgo around how you're going to stay connected embodied and connected to yourself and your sense of self. And then at the next one, at the next eclipse in Aries, it, how can you bring some of this emotional work or deep emotional challenges or work you've been doing full circle at that full moon in Aries at the end of the month so that you can, for the next year and a half, feel really solid and spiritually embodied in yourself so that you can show up the way that the people in your life are requiring of you basically is like what this month is going to be about. So I hope that makes sense. Um, yeah. And Irene, if you're still here and you want to chime in, got a 100% from you earlier. So it sounded like it's resonating. If there's other questions or you want to chime in as I move on to Libras and I'm going to take a sip of water again. So I'm being super thorough with these. Usually like if I record them not live, they'll be like shorter but I'm being super thorough, trying to like interact with y'all. And also this is a lot that I'm covering. I'm not just covering one thing. Like sometimes when I do these, it'll be like, like I would just be talking about Rahu and Aries or whatever, or Rahu and Pisces. But what I'm talking about is where the last, the sort of karmic cycles of the last year and a half of your life and how that's flowing into the karmic cycles of the next year and a half of your life. So really I'm talking about like, like six eight different, six different astrological things. So Rahu moving from Aries to Pisces, K2 moving from Libra to Virgo, and then how these eclipses in Virgo and Aries are playing out. So that's like what I'm here talking about. And that's why it's each one is taking longer. And I'm a thirsty individual. Gotta stay hydrated, especially when I'm just running my mouth for an hour straight. So thanks y'all for sticking for the marathon. I'll try to edit this a little bit for the people catching the replay. Um, and so for our Libras, they, what I just talked about for Virgo, it's been, you know, that's where it's going for you is um, K2 has been, or that's where it's been for you. K2 has been on your first house and is moving to your 12th house. And so Rahu's been on your, um, seventh house. So for our Libras, it's like the relationships, business partnerships and marriage, potentially either or both for Libras have been requiring a lot of this. And so those of y'all that have been listening to me for a while, like you've probably heard me talk about, like my husband is a Libra ascendant. And this is true. I like, I have been requiring more of him. I have been that partner that is like, I just need more from you. 
And he's luckily like showing up for that and staying solid in himself and, and showing up for me in the way that I need him to. So that's just a personal example. Um, so if you are a Libra rising or moon, it's the same deal where it's like, um, hopefully you've been saying super spiritually connected to your sense of self and staying embodied in yourself. Um, and in a way that you can show up for business partnerships or, um, marriage in the way that, that those partners are needing from you are requiring of you. So, um, yeah. And so that's challenging. I actually seen for other Libras, like, don't think my, me and my husband aren't splitting up. Like, that's not a thing. We're good. Like we're stepping out of this, like good, but I have seen for other Libra ascendants that the, the partnership is dissolving. Um, the, because the, the Libra ascendant is like, okay, this is too much. Like you're requiring more of me than I can give. And what's happening is especially around this eclipse time, like I've been telling everybody is like it, this eclipse time is it, with Rahu and K2 changing. It's a time where if you haven't like made the decision or done what needs to happen, um, it's, it's coming to a head now. And so how that might be showing up for Libras, ascendants or moons is that um, the relationship might be ending or whatever, like if it, if that's what needed to happen, probably anyway, it might be, um, coming to fruition or like maybe happening in kind of an ugly way right now, that's another option. So this with anything, with all of them, I've been giving kind of like, this is what, if you're working intentionally with this, this is how it could work. Or if you're not, this is what the universe might be slapping you in the face with. And it might be a business partnership splitting up or, or um, marriage dissolving or that kind of thing, um, because you might be feeling like, okay, this is requiring more of me than I have to give. Right. And so like to give that example with my husband, it's like, it's just subtle ways. Like I used to have a big sticker of, of his business logo on the back of my car and around actually the last eclipse season, I scraped that sticker off and put a big Yogi scope sticker on the back of my car. And so that's just a subtle thing where it's like, I am showing up because, you know, in this way of like, it's more about me right now, kind of, um, we're going through like a phase like that. And my husband is like happy to support that. So that's one way that's playing out where it's just like for Libras, it's just more about your partner. And so in some ways, if, if your partner is like being a taker and you need to end the relationship, that might be it around this eclipse time. But if not, just know that the, the resolution of your partner needing more from you is coming actually at this full moon in Aries, which is on your seventh house of partnership and, you know, marriage and business partnership like that, that will sort of fade away, come full circle after this eclipse. Um, and so this month, October might be messy around that. And so where Rahu and K2 are going for our Libra ascendance and moons is towards your sixth house and 12th house. So it might require you to focus more on your daily routine, your physical health. You might be on a health kick for the next year and a half um, in a way that takes you away from spiritual practices where you're, it could be things like where you're just like having to go to the doctor or so six house, six houses, enemies, uh, debts, litigation, um, physical health. Those are like some of the main things of the six house. And so with Rahu being there for our Libra ascendance and moons, it's like, you might be, it, your focus might be really drawn towards. And in a way that potentially because you're experiencing challenges, there might be litigation. So try to protect yourself from lawsuits, that kind of thing. You might 
be having to pay a lot of attention to debt and settling debts. Um, you might be having to pay attention to your physical health in a way that sort of takes you away from uh, the 12th house is very much like uh, it's like expenses uh, where, so when, when with Rahu in the sixth house and K2 in the 12th, like I've been saying for everybody, it's like Rahu makes you focus on a thing and K2 cuts you away from a thing. So your focus for Libras might be like, Oh, I'm paying a lot of attention to debts I've accumulated. Now I need to stop having expenses. K2 it is in the 12th house of expenses. And so it might also take you away from a sort of meditation practice or doing like spiritual work in a way that's like requiring you to focus on, because like, let's be honest, like if you're going through the legal system or dealing with something like that um, or focusing on debts, you're probably like more really focused on the day-to-day -day and like practical life stuff and health and, and getting your life healthy and on track and your physical health on track and and all this stuff in a way that you're like, I don't have time to be like meditate, like sitting in woo woo land. Right. Um, so that might be a, a thing uh, for our Libras. And so this is interesting for Libras. This is a case, the case for everything for Libras is um, when I give general interpretations for anything um, for Aries, it's going to be like extra true for them because Aries, an Aries ascendant chart is what's known as the call Purusha chart. It's the, the chart for all time. Purusha we know is like spirit and call is time. So the like spirit of time chart is the Aries ascendant chart. So for Aries ascendant and moons, everything that I say in a general sense is like extra true for you. For Libras, it's like the opposite because you have Aries in the seventh house. Libra, it's like the whole chart is flipped. And so this is always true for Libras. Um, where it also can create this weird dynamic because you're still influenced by the collective. You're still influenced by the, um, the call Purusha chart. And so we also see this for people with moon in the seventh house is another similar that creates this like weird um, uh, dynamic. And so what I said for everybody for Rahu and Pisces is that you might feel more inclined to, uh, spiritual woo-woo land, like people are going to be wanting to go on retreats and feel more inclined towards that kind of stuff in a way that takes you away from the day-to-day -day things like your physical health. And because we see that like aesthetics, like people that just meditate sit and meditate their whole life, they get like skin, like they, they like starve themselves. Like they don't, they're not taking care of their physical health because they're just like meditating all the time. And so that's the sixth and 12th house dynamic. And um, so for Libras, it's like you're having this experience where you're actually being forced to pay more attention to that day-to-day, -day, like, um, uh, your, your physical health, your practical, like, what does your work routine look like? Is that contributing or detracting from your physical health? Are you going into debt? These kind of things are going to be on top of mind. And if you are experiencing trouble with that, it's going to be important to come back to an embodied sense of spirituality for Libra rising and moon. So let's talk about the eclipses for how Libra risings and moons can more fully step through that in a, in a healthy and, and intentional way. And so that's with at this eclipse in Virgo that's happening tomorrow. We're already under the new moon phase for it. The peak is tomorrow. Um, actually, I should know this if the moon's already in Virgo, but I don't, and I'm not even going to pull it up because it's not that important. It's, it's not that serious. There's no need to be that dogmatic about it, in my opinion. Um, so the eclipse tomorrow is happening on your 12th house. So it's going to be important to, for Libra is to set that intention of how you're going to do that 
um, spiritual and like deep psyche, like removed from the world kind of work that's going to carry you through the things that are going to require your focus, which is like paying attention to your physical health. And so we see that like if you're experiencing physical health problems, like what is the savior of working through that or like being having to be in court litigation, lawsuits, these kind of things, or having to deal with that is like maintaining your spiritual connection, maintaining your focus on why, like what is your deep psyche reason for like the why of your life is going to carry you through. So at this eclipse for Libras, it's going to be important to connect to that, connect to that deeper why, like that, what like sort of carries you to spiritual liberation. What makes you feel it's like equanimity, like a meditation practice to make you feel okay as you're having to focus on all of these day-to-day tasks. Right. Um, And then so at the next eclipse, hopefully for you, Libra risings and moons, we're seeing some resolution around the partnership. Either it's like fizzling out because the partnership had to end or whatever issues you are feeling like you're experiencing where your partner was just requiring a lot of you is just resolving. And how are you going to bring that full circle? And then in that sense, if you don't have a partnership that's um, dissolving or or like if you're just not in partnership in general, I feel like I've been spending this whole Libra time with that assumption that you are, because maybe you're not. Um, it's like, you might start to feel like um, that you're less focused on partnership. Like if you've been desiring partnership for Libra risings and moons, you might feel less focused on that. You might feel it's like a good time at that full moon in Aries to think about how you're going to um, like, feel solid in yourself so that you can show up for partnership, whether you're in partnership or not is like what that will hopefully bring full circle for you. Maybe also some deep work around codependency or interdependency, that hyper independency, if that is showing up for you at all, um, that eclipse in Aries will be a good time to think about that and consider that in your life for Libra risings and moons. So that's good luck. So our next one we will talk about is Scorpio. And so Scorpio rising to the moons, and I'm taking a drink of water at each one when I switch. And so I get very thirsty. I'm just talking for a long time. Um, and so for Scorpio rising to the moons, the focus for you has been perhaps on the things I was just mentioning, what's going to be for Libra, like for every sign, it's like whatever I said for the sign before, where their focus is headed is what you've been experiencing for the past year and a half. So for you, Scorpio rising and moons is like, maybe you've been focusing on paying off debts, or maybe you've been accumulating debts in some ways, or, um, yay, I'm glad you're still here, Jess, waiting for the Scorpio one. Um, so yeah, so that maybe the focus has been on day-to-day routine, physical health, um, you know, debts, these kind of things in a way that takes you away some from the more deeper spiritual esoteric. So that's like Rahu in the sixth house is like with K2 in the 12th is like, you're just so focused on like the practical reality and like your physical health and making either paying off debts or focusing, accumulating debts, perhaps, or trying not to accumulate debts. Like those things might be requiring so much of your attention that there's less time and focus for meditation and paying attention to your psyche and these kind of things or like like traveling might have just been out of the question kind of stuff for the last year and a half um and so that 
will end soon. So that um, when you, when at the end of this eclipse season, Rahu is moving to your fifth house and K2 to the 12th. And so what Rahu or K2 to the 11th, sorry. So Rahu on the fifth house is going to require your focus on children if you have them. Um, or like if you don't have them, it might make you like all of a sudden want children or want to do like a big project or something, right? Like like writing a book or putting out or opening a store or like a retail store. Like these kind of big projects are fifth house things, like birthing something into the world. Like we know that with a, with a kid, that's what fifth house is all about. What do you birth into the world? And so that's actually children. Like if you've had children, have that experience, you know, you're like you're pregnant for a while. And then you birth the thing and it's there. And now you have to like take care of the thing. And so that's the same thing. Like we see that with kids. Like we know or you birth a kid and the, that's like really when the work starts. And so it's the same thing with if you were to write a book, like you spend all this time like incubating the book and like writing it or like if you're going to open a store, some big project that's like that has to be like incubated before you put it into the world. It has to be like born. And there's like all this work ahead of time that's fifth house. And that those kind of things are going to draw your focus for Scorpio risings and moons. Um, and so it's like what we know that like, it's a lot of work to like incubate or, or gestate or whatever the thing, the kid, the actual child or the big project, like a book, like writing a book is a lot of work. Being pregnant is a lot of work, but once the thing is born into the world or like you release your book, then or you get, have your kid, it's like, then there's this whole new world of work to do, which is like the book tour, the book signings, the promoting the book, the getting the book in people's hands, right? Or like running the store, if you open a store. Those are just some examples. Um, and then, or like having a kid, obviously it's like, you gotta keep the kid alive now and you gotta like get them to adulthood, like hopefully relatively unscathed is the goal. Um, you know, or like resilient to uh, like, the, the scathing that life is going to do. Right. You know, so that's, that's the thing is that's fifth house. And that's, that kind of stuff is going to draw your focus for Scorpio risings and moons for the next year and a half. And that's, you know, might take you away from making money because we know if you're pregnant and giving birth, you're probably taking maternity leave. If you're writing a book, you don't get paid to write a book. You don't get paid for the big work that you do to birth the thing or, or like that kind of you think about like that kind of projects it could also be or like doing like a a big like I don't know the Sistine Chapel like maybe Michelangelo got paid while he was doing the Sistine Chapel or maybe he got paid afterwards I don't know like that kind of thing like big creative projects that you birth into the world and and you're probably not getting paid for the work of birthing that thing creating it and birthing it but then once it's birthed you have to like then the real work begins that's fifth house and so that's that's that dynamic between fifth and eleventh that our Scorpios, risings and moons will be experiencing, where for the next year and a half you're focusing so much on birthing the thing that you're maybe spending less time with friends, spending less time networking, and you're probably not making as much money. And so with that, as with anything I've been saying, whatever your challenges you're if you're experiencing challenges with Rahu whatever K2 is doing is going to be where the remedy lies. And so it's like, if you're, I don't know if it's an actual child, like having a community of other, you know, parents is really helpful. If like your focus is so much on your kids that it's experiencing 
you're experiencing challenges around it, having a community of parent, like having that network around you, having that village, that's a good remedy, even though you're going to feel pulled away from them because this is requiring so much of your focus. Same thing with writing a book. Like, can you get in community and network with other authors or other people running a store or like whatever, you know, that kind of thing? Um, can you tap into that community and that village for support for birthing whatever it is that you're birthing, right? Whether it's a child or a book or something. Um, and so that, or, you know, like uh, hopefully this example makes sense in your life and you can think about if it's not one of those two things, you can see how the analogy plays out, right? Um, for Scorpio risings and moons. And so how do you set your intentions more fully for this eclipse is first being the eclipse in Virgo on the 11th house. What's your plan? Like if you need to have some earnings, right? Because you're going to feel so focused, like if you're having a kid or um, writing a book or whatever, and you're not getting paid for that, but you still need to have earnings. Like what, what is your plan for how you're going to still have earnings for, um, from your career? How are you going to still reach those career goals? That's what we're setting intentions around for Scorpio risings and moons at this eclipse is like, how are you going to still hit or reach or strive towards those career goals while you're focusing on something like writing a book or having a child? Um, how are you going to mitigate the the stress of that? Um, and what village is going to be there to support you if it's colleagues or friends? Well, like, what's your village that's going to support you in birthing this thing, this child or um, project for Scorpio risings and moons? And then the next eclipse will we'll be sort of bringing this Rahu's been on your sixth house, K2, on your 12th to, to fruition, to full cycle. So, um, sort of sunsetting something perhaps on your daily routine or sunsetting some focus on um, physical health. Hopefully if you've been experiencing like a physical health challenge, it sort of comes full circle in a way that like comes to fruition, it comes to um, resolution at the eclipse. But then also like anything I've been saying is like, there's good and bad. Like I'm always rooting for you that it's the good and that you're here being intentional and you're doing the work. And so it's that like an example with the physical health thing, sixth house or debts is like um, either it's going to come crashing down on you because you haven't been going to the doctor or making a plan to pay the debts or doing your daily work routine or whatever. Like you haven't been doing the work or it's going to finally resolve because you have. And that's how we see that's how things play out with these eclipses. And so that's um, for for our Scorpio risings and moons that'll be on your sixth house, which is all related to debts. Uh, daily routine, your work routine, your physical health, um, all those kind of things. If you've been doing the work and being intentional, it will come full circle. Whatever you've been struggling with or working on will hopefully come to a resolution. Um, and so that resolution could be good or bad. Hopefully it's good. You're here listening to astrology. Like you've probably, probably been doing the work, I suspect. Um, and so, yeah, so that's Scorpios moving on to Sagittarius. So for our Sagittarius risings and moons, the focus for you, just like it's going to be for Scorpio. So I've been saying for every sign, if you want more clarity, if you want, you can listen to the sign before because I will have maybe said a little bit more about it, right? You can listen to the sign after because maybe I'll say a little bit more about, because that's how the, the overlap is happening with each sign. It's like Rahu and K, what I'm talking about is Rahu and K2 are somewhere for you right now. They're somewhere in your chart, fucking shit up, making you work, like this kind of stuff you know, and they're going somewhere. And for each sign, it's like, 
the Rahu and K2 move backwards through the chart compared to all the other planets. They move, they're technically always retrograde, but they're not retro. Like that's not, they don't go retrograde, meaning they, they all of a sudden start moving forward or moving the same direction as the other planets. They just always, that's how they move. They just go in the opposite direction through your chart, um, which wreaks havoc in our lives. And anyway, so, but how that plays out, if you're trying to learn astrology, this is helpful to see like big picture of how this works is, um, like Rahu, they're on an axis, they're moving to the house before. So if you listen, if you're not trying to learn how astrology works and you just want more insight for yourself, or maybe you are trying to learn how astrology works and you, and you want more insight for yourself. If you listen to the sign before yours or the sign afterwards, it's like the sign before yours. I spent a lot of time talking about what's coming up. I spend more time talking about what's coming up than what's been right. And so, um, yeah, so Rahu is, and so you could listen to the sign before yours if you want more clarity around like, but hopefully it resonates. Like if you've been focusing for Sagittarius rising the moons, you might've been focusing on children or um, birthing a big project into the world um, in a way that takes you away from your finance, from like your career goals, like actually making some money. So we know this, like if you have a kid, a lot of people, whether you take maternity leave or paternity leave or not, it knocks you off your career goal game for a little while. And I would assert this has felt true in my life, that it's a year and a half. That's about when, and my youngest right now is a year and a half. And that's when, about when things start feeling normal again. And just in my experience, I have two kids. I talk to a lot of other parents. Um, that's about how long it takes for um, that to be drawing your focus. So maybe your kids are older, maybe you don't have kids, but so the analogy applies to, uh, or you don't want kids, uh, but maybe the last year and a half has brought some kind of like desire to have kids for Sagittarius risings and moons, uh, or all of a sudden desire to like, um, put some big project into the world. So that's the thing, like I was talking about with Scorpios is like, if you don't have or want kids, or maybe even if you do have or want kids, you also probably have some like mission in life that you want to do. Most of us do. Most of us have this like Dharma, if you will. And so fifth house is also very like big projects that you have to birth into the world. So a book is a really good example or like opening a store or something or like, and so it's like with a book or a kid or a store, um, if you, you have to like do a lot of front end work that's comparable to gestating, to being pregnant, like it's a lot of work to like write a book you're not getting paid for or to gestate a human, you know, you don't have the human yet, but you're doing all this work to make the human that you're going to have. And, um, or like to open a store, you can't just like walk into a place and it's a store. Like you have to get inventory. You have to rent a place. You have to set up an LLC. You have to do all this shit to open a store. So these are good examples that there's a lot of stuff that has to happen. And then once the thing is birthed, whether it's a human or, a book or a store, those are just all really good examples. The work doesn't stop there. It's like, that's really where the work begins because now you got to run the story. You got to get the book in people's hands. You got to raise the child, like these kind of things. So that might've been your focus, Sagittarius risings and moons for the last year and a half or so. And so where that focus is going for our Sagittarius risings and moons is to uh, home life, to, and, and away from career. So, um, like it, it might be that 
this is like, and this is how Rahu and K2 move. So it might be that now all of a sudden you are spending time making sure you have this. If you have a child, you know, you give birth to a child. It's like, now I got to like, make sure my home is in order for, you got a child proof the home. You got to make it comfortable. You got a nest, whatever. Um, or same thing with the book example. It's like, if you've been focusing on children or like birthing some big project into the world, um, the next year and a half might require some, some more like being taken away from your career. And so the, once Rahu and K2 move away from that fifth, 11th axis, which is after October 30th, your focus might be drawn for Sagittarius rising moons towards, um, your home life towards your inner sense of peace and comfort to like getting back on that comfort zone sort of gain in a way that it might be because you're having challenges, you're being like pushed out of your comfort zone, right? Like, um, and so you might feel kind of cut away from career. And so this is like also how it could have played out is that maybe for the last year and a half, you were like, uh, I really want to write a book. I really want to have a kid. And it's like, then at the end of the cycle, maybe you have the kid or you, or you decide you're going to write a book or decide you're going to do the project. And so for the next year and a half, you're like, okay, how am I going to really do the project or whatever, you know, because you've been experiencing this big buildup of desire for it for the last year and a half. And then now you're having to, you want to do it and you're going to start do it to do it. But what Ra who might be doing in your life is experience, giving you challenges related to your comfort, to your inner sense of peace and comfort. So things like your comfort zone. Um, and then also to perhaps your mother. So this is, and I say this as a mom, like y'all know I'm a mom and I hate to like put more pressure on moms in this way. Cause we have enough and most of us have mom guilt and whatever. Um, but moms or primary caregiver givers in general, but often overwhelmingly that is the mom is the default parent or the primary caregiver. The, the birthing person ends up being that um, is responsible for uh, our emotional well-being, for our secure attachment. And so that's fourth house kind of stuff. And so um, it could be that you're focusing on providing that for children, or it could be that you're leaning into how that shows up in your life. How is your secure attachment? How is your inner sense of peace of comfort? Is there like a mother wound there in your life? And that kind of stuff might be rearing its head in a way that kind of takes you away from career. You're having to focus on this kind of stuff and, and do this kind of stuff. And um, so, yeah, so the next year and a half, you might be focusing, Sagittarius Rising Moon might be focusing on your mother wound if you have one, your secure attachment, your inner sense of peace and comfort in a way that takes you away from your career. But it's going to be important. You might also feel like you need to move or do improvements on your house. And that's fine. If you do feel that drive, that's you could do that. Like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do that. You might be feeling like doing that. And so do it if you feel the need. And so in a way that takes you away from your career. And so what I see with um, that Rahu on the fourth and K2 on the 10th is that you might have to focus a lot on your home life. You might be moving. You might be um, dealing with some comfort zone stuff. But as with anything, as I've been saying for every single sign, is that if you're experiencing those challenges, you want to stay in, with an embodied connection to that career, to your your sort of like status in life, to like what you're trying to do. And so you're probably not going to feel like you have the bandwidth for it. You're not going to want to, um, if you will. 
for our Sagittarius risings and moons. And so with anything, it's like, you're going to need to, with this eclipse happening in Virgo, which is where K2 is going, set your intentions around how you're going to stay grounded and connected there to how you're showing up in the world, like your status, your career, your professional image, um, that kind of stuff. Set your intentions now around like what you want to sort of build and how you're going to stay grounded and connected to that part of you towards that area of your life as you're over the next year and a half, potentially working through some of this, maybe mother wound type stuff. Your mom, if you have, you know, your mom or motherly figures in your life might be requiring more of your attention. And how are you going to have a plan to stay connected to your career and to your professional status um, towards like what you're trying to do in this life while you pay more attention to working through those things related to your attachment, to your inner sense of peace and comfort towards your mom or mother figures or just working through whatever that requires of you for the next year and a half. And so for um, the eclipse in Aries, you might be wrapping up either some desire around having children or um, if your children, if you do have them, have been requiring a lot of your focus, it it will just ease um, or maybe something will come to fruition. Maybe you finish your book or you launch your store or, you know, so that's like a, we often recommend, astrologers often recommend not to like put things into the world on eclipses. Um, but it might be that at the eclipse in Aries, you're like considering how you're going to wrap up um, whatever you've been working on, whatever big project you've been working on. Or it might just be that um, you find your rhythm or flow with, if you have children or want children, uh, you find your sort of rhythm or flow there. Like, um, what's, you know, are they, are you in an easeful place with either giving birth or if your children have been requiring a lot of your focus, it might sort of resolve or come to fruition at the full moon in eclipse in Aries at the end of the month when right when, so that's like ending the cycle basically. And so right now is the time with Virgo, the eclipse in Virgo to set your intentions for the next cycle. Okay. So moving on to Capricorn, last couple signs. So for our Capricorns, that's the last year and a half might have been. And so this is actually, there's one of you who I know who might catch this, um, who has cancer ascendant moon in the seventh house, moon in Capricorn. So for people like that, if you have moon in the seventh house, no matter what your ascendant is, for people like that, um, you might feel this like push-pull dynamic going on. Um, and so if you listen to your cancer one, it's going to be the exact opposite for Capricorn. And so for the particular person that I'm thinking of, I know um, we've talked about this before. And so, um, yeah, so it's your focus, like, as I was saying for cancers, it's like your focus might've been on career in a way that takes you away from your home. Your career is requiring more of you. And it might also be requiring you to be away from home more. And so for Capricorn, risings and moons is the polar opposite. It's like, you might be your home life and your inner sense of peace and comfort might be requiring more of you. You're craving that home life, that inner sense of peace and comfort. Maybe also mom or mother figures is like, uh, drawing your attention in some way, whether it's like your mom having health issues or you working through like mom stuff, secure attachment type stuff um, related to the mother or mother figures in your life. 
in a way that takes you away from your career. And what's important for Capricorn moon and ascendance, this is for the last year and a half. I'm still talking about like what's been going on in the cycle that we're ending at the eclipse in Aries. Um, and then I'll in a moment talk about the cycle that we're beginning at the eclipse in um, Libra or Virgo, sorry. Um, and so for Capricorns, it's like, it's important if your home life and comfort zone has been drawing your focus, it's important to stay connected and grounded in your public status, your career, um, that, you know, what, are, what is your life's work kind of thing? And, and are you staying connected to that and staying grounded and embodied there, even if you don't feel like you have the bandwidth for it or don't feel like you care, right? And so where this dynamic is headed is with K2 to the ninth house and Rahu to the third. And so the way I see that um, transit play out for people is that they all of a sudden feel less inclined to do more spiritual higher learning, less high, they are like, I, they're done kind of over and done with, been there, done that with uh, higher education, with going to spiritual teachers. Um, it might also cut you away from your father or father figures in your life in some way. Um, and what you might be starting to focus on is, uh, your self-expression and doing your hobbies and, um, throat chakra types type, type stuff, like putting your voice into the world. Um, so one thing I see, one way I see that play out is with people that are like, they've always kind of done things the way their dad or te spiritual teachers or father figures do. And all of a sudden they're like, no, I've got my own opinion about how this should be. And I'm going to start talking about it. And so that could be related to your dad, your, or your actual dad or father figures. It could also be related to spiritual teachers where you're like, you've been doing all this spiritual learning. And all of a sudden you're like, no, I have an opinion. And I think my opinion is valid. And I want to put that out there in the world. And, um, and that's a good thing to do. That's a good. So like, again, as I was saying for the cancers, and I bring this up, I haven't brought it up for every sign, but because I know specifically one person who will I'm almost positive. Listen to this that has cancer rising and moon in the seventh house, moon in Capricorn. So this person might be experiencing this opposite dynamic where I was telling cancers that you're going to feel more drawn to pay attention to going back to school or something in a way that takes you away from your self-expression and your hobbies. And Capricorn moons and ascendants are going to feel the exact opposite of that, where they're like, I feel like, um, I'm done. I've learned enough and I'm ready to put myself out there. I'm ready to be expressed. I'm ready to express myself. I'm ready to um, get back to my hobbies and, and do the things that make me feel like me and make me enjoy myself. And I'm ready to like put that out there in the world, either through a blog or social media or podcast um, or just talking to people like these kind of things is what Capricorn moon and ascendants might feel drawn to do once um, Rahu moves to the third house. And so that can be, you know, that can cause problems, like it might take you away from, you know, it could ca cause problems with your dad, if your dad doesn't approve of what you're doing, or your same thing with your spiritual teachers. I think this is my opinion. Um, and I strive not to be, because I am here, I'm an astrologer and harping about this online. I'm a spiritual teacher, right? I try not to be this. If your spiritual teacher is very like dogmatic, like my way is the way, um, that can cause problems. It can take you away from your spiritual, spiritual teachers. And so I always strive not to be that person, but for my Capricorn moons and ascendants, 
um, that I know y'all are here and I, I love you just like I love everybody. If you feel the need to be pulled away from me or other spiritual teachers, like you're like, I've learned enough and I'm ready to start putting in this into the world. I support that and I love it and I want to watch it unfold for you. Like I'm here to cheer you on is what I want to do. I don't want, I always want to strive not to be one of those spiritual teachers that is like mad at you for it. Like, I want you to find your way, like as a spiritual teacher myself, and this is a theme that might be coming up for our Capricorn risings and moons that you're ready to express some of the spiritual learning you've been doing and embodying. You're ready to embody it. You're ready to express it and put yourself out there in the world in that way. Um, I, I want you to, I like as a spiritual teacher, if you're ready to embody that and you want to do that, I would hope like any teacher's goal should be for, or any men, mentor's goal or parent's goal should be for their, um, you know, students or children or mentees to go further than them. Like, that's the point. Like, hopefully I gave you a springing board to go further. And so that's the thing is um, not all spiritual teachers are that way. I've experienced or seen also where it's like you and not all dads are that way. It could be that way with your dad too, where your dad maybe doesn't get it and doesn't support you. Um, but it could be that you're hopefully your dad or spiritual teacher wants to see you go further than them and they want to be your springing board. And so that's going to be the energy of the next 18 months for our Capricorn moons and ascendants. And if you are that person wanting to put yourself out there in the world and be more expressed, like I want to follow you. I want to follow your Instagram. I want to like listen to your podcast or whatever you do, because you might feel drawn to do those kind of things for um, the next year and a half. And I just want to know if you have my support and I wish you the best. If that's what you do, um, I want you to live your best life and be your best self. And that's what you're going to feel drawn to do over the next year and a half. You're going to want to put yourself out there and be really self-expressed and speak your truth in whatever way that shows up for you, Capricorn risings and moons. So at this eclipse, um, tomorrow in Virgo, you're going to set your intentions for how you're going to stay connected to that spiritual higher learning. So it might be that you, um, that you like, don't keep going to like you, that you aren't continuing higher education, but it might be that you do, that might be a very grounding for staying connected to a teacher or to, or maybe it's a different teacher um, to keep you in that practice for the next year and a half. And so you want to consider at this new moon eclipse in Virgo in your ninth house, how you're going to either stay connected to your dad or stay connected to your spiritual teachers to serve you being more expressed in your full truth of yourself um, at this. And maybe if you do want to continue higher education, how are you going to stay true to that or um, make sure that that has a place in your life uh, as you start putting yourself out there and speaking your truth over the next year and a half? And then at the end of the um, month at the eclipse in Aries, which is also the end of this cycle where you might have been focusing more on your comfort zone and these kind of things. This is a this is a good example. So like. Um, if you Rahu has been forcing you to focus on home and your inner comfort um, kind of life. And so Capricorns at the end of the month, it's like, hopefully you bring full circle the work you've been doing with any like mother wound, mommy issue type things. If that's, or if you've been having to just focus on spending a lot of time with your mom in a good or bad way, that will maybe sort of resolve. And hopefully how this is playing out with this eclipse season is that you've done your work on the inner comfort and having a secure 
um, inner sense of comfort so that when in the next year and a half, you start really putting yourself out there and speaking your truth in a big way, you feel comfortable in yourself to do so. And so at that eclipse in Aries is like, how are you incorporating that, incorporating your inner sense of um, your inner home that you come back to when things get hard? That's what we want to feel really solidly connected to and feel like we brought some things full circle at the um, eclipse in Aries so that the very next day, basically, when Rahu moves to the third house, you feel equipped and connected to that inner sense of comfort and peace to start speaking your truth in a big way. So that's where it's been and where it's going for our Capricorn risings and moons. Next is Aquarius, Aquarius risings and moons. You may have been feeling like you are putting yourself out there and speaking your truth in a big way, in a way that takes you away from spiritual teachers, in a way that takes you away from um, your dad or like in a way that your dad wouldn't approve approve of, like I was just talking about for the Capricorn risings and moons. Um, and so that like, maybe you've been having a desire to podcast, a desire to be on social media, a desire to blog or, or do hobbies or feeling drawn towards that kind of stuff. Um, things that make you feel expressed as a person is what's been coming up for Aquarius risings and moons for the last year and a half. And in a way that takes you away from your spiritual teachers, from higher education, from your dad, perhaps. Um, and so as I've been saying for everybody, it's like the antidote to that is sorting through that sort of like daddy issues, whatever, um, type stuff or like spiritual, like staying connected to some kind of spiritual teachings or teachers to be your springing board for speaking your truth. And that's where things have been for you for the past year and a half. And where they're going is to the eighth house, K2 to the eighth house and Rahu to the second house. So for the second house, you might be feeling like your family of origin is requiring a lot of your attention, your diet. You might be like on a, on a diet kick kind of thing. Um, or you might feel like you've got stuff to say, your speech, you're focusing on how you talk. Um, whereas third house is more like speaking your truth, um, and expressing your message is very like throat chakra. Second house is, um, I always like to say second house is like things that go into and come out of your mouth. So your diet and your speech, like you might be a little bit sharp with your word. And so can you be careful about the things that you say and make sure you're being really intentional for this next year and a half for Aquarius risings and moons, like, uh, try not to be sharp with the tongue. Try not to just say whatever comes to mind. Cause that could be problematic. Um, try to lean into the, with anything I've, as I've been saying for everybody, K2 in the eighth house is like, can you tap into that deep emotional work, deep transformative personal growth type work? And, um, like think before you speak, notice if you're feeling drawn to like emotionally eat, um, and tap into if that's coming from an emotional place, like the, the words you say, or the things that you eat is going to be, um, a big focus for Aquarius for the next year and a half. And then also family of origin and finances. And so, um, inner child work, Rahu in the second house is a really, big time for inner child work where you might feel really drawn to doing that kind of thing, doing, considering how your uh, family of origin short, sort of shaped you. Um, and so it might make you feel more connected to them. It might also pose challenges 
with them. Um, and so you might feel like they're requiring more of your focus, your family of origin. You might feel like you are just drawn to that. And then same thing with finances. So second house is finances in the sense of like, um, just like your bookkeeping, like that kind of, so finances shows up in a few ways in the chart, like 11th house is earnings from career. It's like the money that you make. Um, fourth house is like assets, like your house, your car, that kind of finances. Um, second house, think like accounts payable, accounts receivable. I, I also do accounting in, in, uh, and actually interestingly, as an Aquarius moon, I was thinking about, I have been thinking about recently getting an accounting degree because I'm like, God, I do. I love it. I want to learn more about finance. And so that's an expression of Rahu in the second house. You might all of a sudden be obsessed with finances. And it might be in a way that's like, because you have to be, that's usually what Rahu does is like, is drawing your focus because there's something going on that's requiring you to focus on that. Not just because you all of a sudden want to, it can be that, but it's usually like, um, like for me, it's my, um, husband's business has been growing in a way that, and I've just always been doing the bookkeeping and I'm like, oh, I gotta keep growing. Like my knowledge of accounting as the business keeps growing. So that's a thing. Um, that's like a, one way that this can show up. Um, so for Aquarius risings and moons, it's like, you can, you, you might be focused on your family of origin might require a lot of your attention. Your finances might require a lot of your attention. Um, and so if you're putting your focus there, uh, good, like the, do the work that, that the universe is asking of you. Um, same thing with diet and speech. And so with anything, it's like, um, can you pay attention to what K2 is doing and notice? So K2 will be in Virgo in your eighth house, which is all about, um, deep emotional work. The eighth house is like the therapy house. Like I always encourage, like I encourage everybody to go to therapy, but if you, especially if you, um, have a big transit like Rahu, K2, um, Saturn or Jupiter transiting over the eighth house is an extra good time for therapy to just sort through the shit that the universe is probably bringing up. And so that's the thing with K2 in the eighth house, it'll be a good time for sorting through that emotional turmoil so that you're not ruled by your emotions so that you're not emotionally eating or emotionally spending, um, kind of stuff that will be like, if you're experiencing challenges with your diet or your family of origin or your, um, finances to lean into that deep emotional work, like through therapy or like through having a journaling or astrology kind of practice, um, to work through some of that stuff so that you can be a part of your family of origin without the resentment, without the, you know, do the inner child work, you know, kind of thing so that you can work through some of that emotions that are coming up for you. That's the best way to be spiritually embodied through this next year and a half transit for Aquarius risings and moons. And so how to set your intentions is for this moon in Virgo. You want to set your intentions around how you're going to stay in touch with that, which is tomorrow, the 14th, how you're going to stay in touch with that, um, that personal growth practice, that therapy or astrology or whatever it is, like, how are you going to work that into your daily life over the next year and a half to work through those deep emotions, work through those, um, inner turmoils that you have so that you can, um, speak the way you want to speak to people and not be like biting at the tongue and, and speak from a place of love, right. Rather than of emotional reactivity so that you cannot uh, uh, emotionally spend or like go to retail therapy kind of things. Like uh, that will be the move for the next year and a half for Aquarius risings and moons. 
And then at the eclipse in Aries, you might be bringing full circle, um, some kind of like truth speaking, like, how are you expressing yourself? How are you, you know, can you like really drill down on what that truth is that you're wanting to speak or be expressed? Can you, um, bring that sort of full circle, the self-expression throat chakra thing? Can you release perhaps, excuse me, anything that's like not working there? And yeah, so that's Aquarius rising the moon. And then our last one, Pisces risings and moons is, this is Rahu's moving to your first house. So for anybody for, this is like half the chart, honestly, like Rahu and K2 transits are a big deal. That's why I'm spending almost two hours live, probably two hours by the end of it live talking about it because this is a big deal. This is impacting everybody in a big way. That's why I'm spending a long time talking about it. Um, for Pisces, Rahu's moving to your first house. So it's going to be a big time of focusing on yourself, of personal self-growth. And so for the last year and a half, just like I said, for Aquarius, where Aquari Rahu and K2 are going for Aquarius, Rahu's been on your second house, K2's been on your eighth house. So hopefully maybe you've been doing some kind of personal growth, some kind of therapy, some kind of occult practice thing to work on your inner turmoil for the last year and a half so that you're not like emotionally spending or emotionally eating, like maybe your family of origin, inner child work stuff has been coming up in a big way for the last year and a half. And so for the next year and a half, especially if you have been doing that work over this last you know, 18 months that Rahu's been in your second, K2 in the eighth, when they move there, you move to Rahu on the first house, K2 on the eighth house or seventh house. It's like, you might be focusing on yourself and your self-expression in such a big way that you, it's taking you away from partnership. Um, so like, but as with anything, as I've been telling everybody, it's like that, whatever K2 is doing, that is where you want to be spiritually rooted. That is where you want to be an embodied spiritual being is in whatever. So that's like what I was saying with, if you've been experiencing trouble or your finances, family of origin, diet speech, requiring a lot of your attention for the last year and a half, the, the remedy for that is paying attention to your inner turmoil and doing those personal growth practices, working through those deep emotions. So they don't control you. So you're not doing retail therapy. So you're not emotionally eating doing that kind of work because that's where K2 is being embodied in your emotional experience so that it's not dictating you. That's like, if you're trying to grow as a person, there's this quote, this is a good quote for Rahu transiting the first house or Rahu being on your first house in your chart. Cause I actually know somebody who might not listen to the Pisces section because they're not a Pisces, but they do have Rahu in the first house for Rahu in the first house, either by birth chart or by transit. Um, Hey, Sophie, I'm just doing uh, uh, re readings for each sign. And I'm on the last one. I'm on Pisces. I'm getting ready to edit this and release it on the podcast. Um, so for Pisces, uh, Rahu on the first house, a good quote for that is if you want to go far, go alone. If you or sorry, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And that is it. Keep that in mind. Write it down and put it on somewhere you can see it for the next year and a half for our Pisces risings and moons, because that's what um, Rahu in your first house is going to want to make you like, I know the way I'm like my own boss, I'm driving this bus, like it's all about me kind of thing. Um, and you might go faster that way, if you just ditch 
business partners or marriage partners or whatever, if you just ditch them and it's like all about me kind of thing, you will go faster. You will reach your goal faster, but you will absolutely go further if you stay embodied in that support from either a partner or business partner. Um, so if you don't have a partner or business partner, um, you might also like just not be focused on it. You might be in a period of the next 18 months where you're like, I just don't have energy or time or thought or brain bandwidth for partnership. And I'm just focusing on myself. Um, and so that's fine. If that's the case, don't try to force anything, but this actually, I see this happen with K when K2 moves in the seventh house for people is that that they might feel a very spiritual connection to potential partners um, or like, you know, so just be on the lookout for that. Try to approach partnership from a spiritually embodied place. And if you're super rooted in your spiritual practices and your embodiment practices, um, especially when it comes to partnership, you will be better off. So for our Pisces risings and moons, that's what I want to harp on is if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So just keep that in mind, put it somewhere you can see it for this next 18 months um, and keep it in mind if maintaining partnership or being in partnership is something that's important to you um, in your life and belief and value system. So yeah, so that'll be a thing. And so at this eclipse for our Pisces, we want to set intentions for how you want partnerships to show up for you for the next year and a half for our Pisces risings and moons. We want to set intentions around how, you know, do you want to be in partnership? Do you want to maintain partnership? Do you want to uh, get out of a partnership so that you can focus on yourself more? Um, you don't have to know the answer right now. I'm not telling you you have to decide today and tomorrow and put it into action for the next year and a half. But I am saying instead of deciding like what you're going to do, this eclipse is all about deciding what you want it to look like. How do you want it to feel? Like what be the architect of your dream life? Does your dream life include partnership? And um, how do you want to incorporate that in your life for the next year and a half? Like, how are you going to make it work and, and bring it to a practical reality? So that's this eclipse in Virgo. And then our next eclipse is happening in Aries. It's a full moon, like a releasing time for um, the last 18 month cycle. As we step into this new cycle where Pisces, you're going to be focusing on yourself a lot. Um, and so can you release anything maybe baggage around family of origin? Um, can you release diet or speech habits that are not serving you? Can you um, bring some sort of financial journey you've been on full circle? Like, have you been paying a lot of attention to your finances and to, um, you know, money in, money out type stuff? That's very second house. And can you sort of bring that full circle so that um, when you start focusing on yourself and, and your personal expression over the next um, your identity, I suppose, over the next year and a half, you have like, you know, you've done some deep inner turmoil, inner emotion, deep family of origin, inner child, inner lineage healing, how your emotions drive your behavior and drive your eating or your spending kind of work so that when you start focusing on yourself and maybe even putting yourself out there in a lot of big ways, you are just a little better off for having done that work over the last year and a half. So yeah, so that's it. That's Pisces was the last sign. This is a big deal. This is the next 18 months and um, it's all, it's all like starting and really happening in a big way at this eclipse season. So I, I wanted to share about it for everybody. So you'll want to go back and listen to your rising and your moon sign. Um, and if you need me, you know where to find me. I'm making a big concerted effort to show up on Instagram 
more because it just, it was, was feeling weird for me. And I'm trying to like break through the mental block of that so that I can show up and connect with you all. Cause I'm just, I just like don't get Instagram as a platform, but I'm trying. And that's why I'm not very active here. So here we are. Thanks for being here. I'm going to release this on the podcast next week. So if you stuck around, thanks for y'all that joined us live. And if you want to see more lives from me, if you want like more of this, more interaction, uh, let me know, like message me or comment or let me know what would feel supportive for you. Um, and then also fill out the survey if you enjoy that because so survey should take a few minutes of your time. It's linked in the show notes of the most recent podcast episode. You just search Yogi Scopes on your podcast player, find the one about the eclipse, fill out the survey, and you'll get a two-week free trial of the membership where every Thursday I'm live doing stuff like that, doing like just answering your questions. You can talk to me. It's like not a, like a Facebook live or a YouTube live where um, it's just me and all you can do is comment. Like you're on there too. You don't have to turn your video on, but you can talk back and forth with me. Um, it's a meeting, like a Zoom meeting type thing. So if you want a trial of the membership to come to those events that happen every Thursday, fill out the survey because next Friday I will send everybody who put their email address. It's also optional. If you want to remain anonymous, I will be sending out next Friday that free trial to the folks that put out, put their email address. So thanks for being here. I've been live for like two hours. So here we go. That was a long one. My first live long time, big, it, but it's a big deal. And I wanted to just do it. Cause I looked at my schedule next week and I was like, I'm really busy. I want to get this out sooner than later. So you can work with it for the eclipse. And thanks for being here. Take care friends until next time. Keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars and stay in the light.